Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's me, Jackie Cation Welcome to the dark forest Let's do the credits Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video because that's what he's like. Uh, Vilmo's still working on the uh, on the website. He does the Jackie Cation store website. I just had it redone by Promotional Rescue, uh, Melanie VC, but PromotionalRescue.com did the new website. Uh, Vilmo still does the store website, JackieCationStore.com. All you can go to JackieCation.com and see whatever you'd like. Uh, me doing stand-up, where I'm doing stand-up. Please come out and see live shows. You can see the new special. You can see the new um, old videos. You can see, uh, you can get merch if you want. There's a Dork Forest t-shirt. There's a new beanie because uh, I have a new joke about bees. And so there'll be a new t-shirt. And uh, for the holidays, you can indeed uh, get yourself uh, t-shirts or uh, hats or anything like that. It, it is November and December, so I ask that you do not donate to the Dork Forest. Normally, I say donate to the Dork Forest as much as you'd like. But in November and December, take that money and donate locally to a food bank in your neighborhood. So feedingamerica.org is a way that you can look up uh, your local food bank. Um, you just put your zip code in. You could also Google the words food bank and the name of your town. And that's what I recommend you do globally too. If you're in uh, Australia or uh, Europe or Africa or South America, wherever you are, please, uh, Iceland. Uh, I have listeners all over the world, you guys. So Patrick Brady, Mike Rickberg, that's why I forgot. Mike Rickberg wrote and sang the intro song. He will sing the uh, Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. And there's lots of episodes. So feel free to scroll back through dorkforest.com. You could uh, check out my Tumblr account. There is a Facebook group called Dork Forest Rangers. Um, but my Tumblr account has essentially the fan favorites of the shows for the last 18 years. And um, no, I don't think it's actually the whole 18 years because the first three years were poorly recorded. And uh, so if you go to bandcamp.thedorkforest.com, you can see uh, I curated that first uh, three years into 17 of my favorite episodes. There's also a storytelling album on my band camp. And there is um, just some loose episodes that you can buy for a dollar. I think that were live anyway, a lot of information. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to the dork forest. You're in my garage Rangers. It's happening uh, with me. Uh, the very gifted stand-up comic Joe Zimmerman, who also opens for Brian Regan on occasion, uh, but has a new comedy hour, like a, a, a new video shot by Nate Bargatze. But the stand-up comedy is Joe Zimmerman's, and it's uh, called Cult Classic. Is That's it out right. right now on YouTube? or when yeah. will it-, it dropped. It dropped last month. It's out on YouTube. There we go. Free. And the album will be out free on YouTube. Um, it's called Cult Classic. It's Joe Zimmerman. Uh, his Instagram is at Joe Zimmerman, classic, classic. And uh, and what you guys could do is go watch it because he's genuinely hilarious. So um, other than that, I don't know. Do you have a podcast? I forgot to ask. 
You know how everybody has a podcast. No podcast. I just, you know, I want to support. He's just a work, yeah, a working man. That's it. Just, He's just doing the art. All right. Just, I just did. I just got my Instagram and my cult classic special. That's it. So now you know. And here, let us talk about how Joe Zimmerman's dorkdom is birds. He's a birder. Uh, I know so little about birders. I know even less about birds. Actually, I don't know if I know less about birders or birds. <laughs> what got you into Talk to me about birds, Joe. Oh, by the way, just real quick, I do want to mention, I think I came on not about eight years ago and did self-help. That's right. And, I remember that. And, uh, and so I'm all fixed. I'm all good on self-help. Oh, thank I'm, goodness. I'm, yeah, I'm perfect now. Finally. And yeah. fin- one of those books worked. And yep. you are healed. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> um well so i think i i started getting i'm a new i'm a new birder okay i got i got into bird watching around 20 end of 2020 beginning of 2021 peak pandemic Um, oh lockdown yeah i learned about i kept hearing about birds around new york you hear about these celebrity birds there was the hot duck which was the mandarin duck just people thought it was super hot Um, wow it's a was it and it wasn't Chinese. It had not been prepared by chefs. It was just a really hot looking duck. It was just a gorgeous duck and gorgeous New duck. York, and it was just surrounded by paparazzi at all times walking around New York. Um, wow. And then there was the well, then there was the racist bird incident where you heard about the racial bird guy. No. You didn't wait okay, a minute. Well, well, there Wait, was so the- yeah, let's talk about famous birds that that really kind of got you interested in birds. There's the hot a mandarin duck. That's not a mallard, right? A mallard is the green. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know birds. Um, There's about 800 different types of ducks, and ma- mallard is the com- most common in North America. That's right. That's right. Because uh, that's why I know what it is. Now, a mandarin duck. I'm not above uh, googling the word mandarin duck while so while we make. You're gonna you're look- gonna look at it and be like, "Wow, that's a hot, gorgeous duck!" Holy smokes! Wait a minute, <laughs> you are correct. That is a weird, awesome looking. Wait a minute, and then uh, for some reason it took me to Etsy. Don't do that. I don't want to buy a duck. Or, um, yeah, this is uh, so it's a very very colorful bird. Yeah, and it's not supposed super- to end up in New York, but it just ended up in New York City and. And Is it, it the only of, one? It was the only one in New York City, yeah. Well, the, right now, the, right now, that was 2018. Right now, the celebrity bird in New York City is Flocko the Eagle Owl, which escaped. <laughs> it escaped the Central Park Zoo. It was a Shawshank Redemption story. It escaped the Central Park <laughs> Zoo about 10 months ago after growing up in a zoo for 13 years. It made an escape. And it has just thrived around Central Park, eating all the rats and mice at once. And what is it called? It's a what kind it, of bird is it? It's an eagle owl. They're nowhere. No, it's the only eagle owl that lives in anywhere in America right now. And uh, okay, and his name was Flacco growing up. In the oh, zoo. there we go. There we go. An eagle owl, uh, Flacco the owl, June of twenty twenty three. Let's see the images. Uh, it looks like an owl. Actually, uh, it's got it's got kind of a fuzzy fuzzy ears. Yeah, so, he's, the the recent gossip on Flacco is 
they, they're no longer trying to capture him because they're like, I guess he's going to do okay on his own. And, the, and then okay. the latest gossip is he's been hooting a little louder the last few weeks. And they think he's looking, they think he's looking, oh. he's starting to look for a lover. Ah, uh, yes, to mate. Uh, so will there be a hybrid owl that will come of this? Well, one would imagine. Yeah, there's good and bad news. The bad news is obviously no other eagle owls anywhere nearby. The good news is apparently great horned owls are close enough relative. And there are some great horned owls around Central Park. So there's a chance he could mate he with could- a great horned owl. Okay, so he could he could find he could find a friend. Um, yeah. Where where are they native to? The, the Eurasian eagle owl, I guess, yeah. somewhere oh. in Eurasia. I right, right. That's a, a European Asian uh, <laughs> uh, owl. It's interesting that that birds and animals are native to one area, and I guess we're the ones that keep bringing them places. Yes, and then then they get out. Like in here in Los Angeles, there are many. Many parrots, but not yeah. big parrots, but little parakeets mm-hmm. to sort of uh, small parrots. And I'm talking thousands, tens of thousands. Uh, they're a pain in the ass because they're loud and they're psyched. And um, yeah, but it's they, they're not native to here. It's sort of like the palm tree itself, not native to Los Angeles. Well, this was another big, big bird news item is that. Parrots and parakeets, you know, known for living in the jungle or wherever, right. uh, are starting to just take off in cities all over the world. Oh, wow. So so they might be like the way pigeons are now. I mean, yeah, but better looking, I guess, right? Or more colorful. Yeah. A hundred years from now, it might just be parrots and pigeons. Okay. Yeah. And maybe parrots and pigeons will. We have, we have crows different mm-hmm. than ravens, correct? Yes, yes, indeed. Size-wise, I believe a crow still intimidating to someone who walks chihuahuas and uh, chihuahua mixes. Yeah, um, but still a bad, yes, yeah, still a bad omen either way. Well, I that's I mean I have so many Armenian neighbors. I'm surprised that they have not killed these birds because they're like we do not need. Uh, and I saw those crows attack a car once uh, yeah. as a group. They're they were known like for pecking at cars. Oh, are they? Uh huh. Okay, and then, fact, but yes, we, I have a friend, yeah. a friend who recently had crows pecking at her new car, so she Googled how to get rid of them, and you, what you need is you need to get a fake crow from the internet and, and, and act like it's hanging dead nearby, and then all the other crows are like, ah! They're, oh, they're, shit. <laughs> and they're super upset. <laughs> They get super upset about the dead yeah. crow and they avoid yeah, yeah. the area. You have to traumatize the crows and send them yeah. to some other neighborhood. Yeah. Well, yesterday we have a lot of uh, feral cats as well. And um, <laughs> all of the neighbors like to feed the feral cats. And the crows have decided that they're willing to eat cat kibble. It'll be fine. But, ye- <laughs> but yesterday the- I saw probably six crows and then two actual seagulls. Oh, wow. Eat- eating the cat food. And I was like, "Well, the world's gone topsy turvy, because uh, this is a this is a crossbreed. Will the crows and the seagulls make a a black seagull make a make a, a gray flocked crow? What will happen? I don't know. I have one dorky thing to hit you with that I wouldn't normally hit you with, except that it's called Dork Forest. We're we're here for you, Joe. <laughs> 
So I'm two years into burning, and uh, I just learned within the last couple months, some some nerd pointed this out to me when I said seagull. They said, you know, there's no such thing as a seagull. Oh. And I said, come again? Yes. <laughs> Apparently, there are gulls, and there's many different yes. species of gulls. Oh, okay. The bird is a gull. So, so there's many and, different species of gulls, and if you want to just clump them all into one bird that, that flies around the ocean, you just call them seagulls. Okay, so... But a bird, it would be like, well, that's, that's, that's a herring that's gull. That's actually... That's a herring gull. Or, or that's you're, a ring, ring-beaked gull. <laughs> oh, wow. You are in the know about different <laughs> kinds of gulls, or at least a couple of them. Um, but even the nerdiest bird watchers are hesitant to correct you on that one. Well, uh, it is. I, I beg to differ. I mean, I do have a podcast called The Dork Forest, and there is nothing more. There's, it's essentially it. One of the great things about this show is that there is an opportunity for a pedant to be able to email me at jackie at jackiecation dot com and go. You know, let me t- tell you a little bit more about that. Or uh, that was incorrect. Or and I. I love those emails because they uh, they quite honestly make me feel alive. I was like, no, I get it. I don't I don't necessarily want to be cornered at a party for hours on end by that person and their information. And if I am cornered, I will just go. We got to wrap it up. But an occasionally I love getting the emails because those are like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Because it is usually very interesting because nobody's willing to type more than, you know, four or five paragraphs. I like that those emails are all just also answers that can be found on Quora, probably. Sure. Well, they could be. If And uh, some people wonder about, about my, like, do I, am I now a bird dork? And I, I might be. I mean, I've, I care more about birds now than I've ever cared before. Um, my father-in-law was a birder, actually. He had a, he left a book at our house called Birds of western united states and i would occasionally look at it every year we age we get more Mm. into birds and by the time you're about 85 by the time you're about 85 you're just full into them and you don't know what happened (laughs) right i think you're right you age into birdism or birderism Yeah. yeah um wow because it's the same i think with flowers where you start to really appreciate colors and you really appreciate just sort of the small things, especially if you're retired and stoned, you're just like, Oh, that's gorgeous. And you're like, yeah. I notice that. I don't know if it means that our lives are getting more boring or that we're able to appreciate life more. I'm not sure which, but Could I be, will. Yeah. yeah. Both. I will say, uh, I have noticed going to central park to watch birds. Um, Central Park is fun because it's a giant park in New York City, which I didn't need to just explain. <laughs> oh, no. There was just an episode about the, uh, the I think Sarah Benicasa did an episode about how much she loved Central Park and the guy who designed it. Yeah, so. it's, it's an incredible park. It's bigger than anyone imagines. It's just huge. And uh, one of the that's part of the things that got me into birdwatching is it actually is one of the best birding hotspots in the entire world because because of all the city yeah when when birds migrate through they have to find something right 
And so it actually is, it, 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 uh, it's like a funnel that funnels all the birds into right, one. It's park. the largest place for a bunch of migrating birds to hang out while they rest, get some and water. And there's yeah. a lot of food and water. And then, and then also New York city has the most bird watchers because it's a giant population. So you've got this incredible funneling of bird watchers and birds into one little area. Right. Called, called the ramble. And you've just, and you just go there and you can see a hundred birders and a thousand birds. And it's, it's is wild. The ramble is the ramble, the part of central park. That's a sort of a big field where the birds end up chilling. The ramble is a specific bird sanctuary. That's kind of hidden away in the very middle of the park, right next to Belvedere castle and turtle pond. Okay. okay. And it's kind of hard to find, but it's just a secluded woods. And, okay. uh, and you go in there, and it's just all of a sudden you see all these birds you'd never see anywhere else. They love the ramble. Um, and that's I have where to they, say that yeah. f- trying to find anything twice in – I have a terrible sense of direction, just so you know. I get lost in New York on the grid streets, yes. So, uh, which is insane because you're like, no, no, they're either going up or down. They're either avenues or streets. Should be fine. But nope. Uh, I 80% of the time I turn the wrong way, which you would think it'd be 50-50. But no, here's the thing. I, I, can't, I can't seem to find, like I want to find like Strawberry Field mm-hmm. or I want to find the carousel or I want to, I don't want ever want to find the zoo, but I consistently find the zoo. Um, <laughs> it's where, weird. Flocko, where Flocko escaped from. Right. I think, you know what? Maybe it's like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy thing where I aim for the zoo and then I will find the improbability drive will kick in and I will find the thing that I'm actually looking for, which would be Turtle Pond or Belmont Castle, which I've never even heard of. Belvedere Castle. Have you heard of the boat? Have you been to the boathouse where they serve food? No. Okay. Well, that's basically the entrance to the Ramble. And so I've been going to the Ramble. And by the way, Todd Berry goes, Todd Berry asked me, isn't that a gay meetup spot? And I said, no, it's a bird watching spot. And he said, yeah, but Same. it's also a gay meetup spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but apparently, well, apparently it actually is at night, apparently also that, but in the morning it's bird people. What, what, what do you think of this theory? <laughs> Back when it was against the law to be a homosexual, you could hide your homosexuality among birders. And I people just thought happened. that you were slightly... You were slightly different anyway, because you liked a bird. It goes to show how secluded that area is. That too. That too. Now, you just mentioned uh, morning. This is an early part of the day activity? That's the hardest part for me. Um, it's right, like as you, a comic. Yes. It's, like you have, it's like when you have to catch an early flight. Um, right. You just have to like really painfully wake up and really just you know get your transportation <laughs> To the uh, right. to the park, but you got and you bring your binoculars. But once you get there, I mean, just a beautiful time of day, sun rising, birds chirping. That's true. That's true. It's got to be incredibly. Even if there's a hundred birders there, everybody's probably pretty quiet. This is also why probably you age into it. The older you get, the earlier you wake up. Right. You need less sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, what about? Um, so there's less sleep, and then you get there. There's a there's fifty to a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got binoculars. And I'm, yeah. Okay. And I'm glad Where you mentioned you strawberry fields yeah. because that's another fun thing is you'll be looking through your binoculars at you know 
a yellow rumped warbler or some delightful bird. And, <laughs> yes. and like, like the game of telephone, like just instantly word will spread through the park that, you know, there's a, that there's a, you know, a, 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 a ferruginous hawk in strawberry fields. And so you'll hear about all the birds where they are throughout the park through word of mouth. Oh, weird. But, so but is it, yeah. yeah. But what I want to, but all that, what, I, what made me think of that is that when you go to Central Park, there seem to be bird people, flower people, tree people, bug people, and photography people. And they all sort of ming- intermingle, but they all have their, their focus. Right. And so <laughs> how many people are there? It just sounds <laughs> crowded. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's it's New York City. It's it's the most crowded of any park you'll ever go to, for sure. Right. Yeah, you're surrounded right. by people. Is and it, the birds the birds just flew from tropical islands and now they've just got twenty people staring at them with cameras. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you also take pictures as well or do you are you just there for the experiment experience? I'm just there for the to stare at the birds through the binoculars. So far not a lot of photos? Just you staring at birds? Yeah, just me staring at birds. I feel like there's better people. I feel like if I start focusing on taking photographs, I'll I'll just be focused on that. Right. You you might lose the actual experience of seeing a really cool bird. Yeah. Um. Do you count how many birds you've seen? Do you do you have like one of those books? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So. One of the, another thing that got me interested is apparently there's about 11,000 total bird species in the world. Oh. And about 700 or 800 live in North America, so a very small percentage. Yeah, yeah. And people keep – some people keep their life list, it's called, of all okay. the birds they've seen. And so there's a website called ebird.org where you can enter in the birds that you saw. Okay. And it keeps track of how many bird species you're at. Um, so anytime I go bird watching, I'll enter in my little bird results into ebird.org. And it also helps the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, who's tracking bird migrations. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, I suppose. So I have a tiny <laughs> I have a tiny life list of two hundred and twenty five birds. That feels like a lot of birds to have Thank identified you. and seen what kind and to know what kind of bird that is. That seems like, like here, here's how many birds I could identify. <laughs> a robin. Yeah. Good one. A cardinal. Nice. Uh, Gorgeous. The, the robin is, of course, the state bird of Wisconsin. The cardinal, mm-hmm. the state bird of Illinois. Yeah. Um, a hummingbird because they're super unique and they're right around here. I'll see him here in Los Angeles. But which kind of hummingbird? Oh, <laughs> are there different kinds of robins and cardinals? <laughs> so, yeah, no, robin and cardinal, you nailed it. That's the species. Okay. But there are okay. a gazillion different hummingbirds. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, right. No, no. That's So I, all I could do was point and go bird for the most part. Look, bird. Uh, that one has a blue feather or a wing or something. Yeah. Um, some LA's of them are pointier. Yeah. LA's got, I mean, California has more birds species than New York. So you got a lot to work with over there. 
Okay. Uh, I wonder if Griffith Park, which is also a very large park, Mm -hmm. um, but it butts up against some caves and also, you guys, a zoo. Uh, always a zoo in the big city park and then um, but then there's caves and then there's a lot of then there's also tennis courts you guys don't never forget so I went to Griffith Park last time I was there saw my first ever acorn woodpecker you got acorn woodpeckers out west oh really an acorn woodpecker so how many are there many different kinds of woodpeckers (laughs) right well it makes makes sense there's a red belly, redhead. Um, you got the yellow bellied sapsucker, northern right. flicker. Mm-hmm. Oh, the northern flicker. You got the it's, uh, downy woodpecker, unfortunately yep. named hairy woodpecker. Um, oh, there you go. That's yeah. uh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the so let's go. So you've seen two hundred odd birds in your life. So. What's the the first time you go to Central Park? Do you go with someone? Is there have you met a friend? Yeah, I. This was the other thing that got me into it. Is I, I looked up birding two guided tours in Central Park, and the first one I found was Birding Bob gives tours on weekends at All seven right. and nine a.m. and you meet at the boathouse seven okay. and nine a.m. and it's a little bit. Right, right. Uh, it's a little bit under under the table because you're not i guess you're not technically allowed to give unsanctioned tours in central park so you got to show up you got to show up with cash but it's not like he's demanding of the cash it's more like donation right right uh and and what is the recommended donation for bob the birder ten dollars oh my gosh yeah great deal i mean of all the really great deal of all the things to do in new york you got a two-hour bird walk for ten bucks yeah, and it's a and it is it, it's that it's a two hour bird walk. You literally walk around. <laughs> you walk around in this big group, and and other people walking through Central Park go, "Look at the bird watchers." <laughs> <laughs> I once did a Segway tour of uh, Washington D.C., and we were mocked. But I have to say that um, I enjoyed it anyway, because it yeah. was a cool way to kind of see Washington, D.C. You could kind of go around the, the White House and you could go around, you know, you could actually make some, get some distance going. Anytime you're part of one of those nerdy groups, people are always like snickering at you. But the reality is you're the one that's winning. You win. You win. I went on what I like to call, and it's a, it's it's belittling, and I shouldn't call it this, uh, but an idiot tour of <laughs> Vietnam and Cambodia. Wow. And yes, and what that means is that because I don't speak Vietnamese or Cambodian, uh, Andy and I paid. It was like a thousand dollars included, like hotel, uh, for nine days, uh, starting in Hanoi and going down to Saigon. And then taking like a greyhound across uh, to Cambodia, and then nine days in Cambodia, uh, and then a thousand dollars a week, something like that, or a thousand dollars. It was like twenty four hundred dollars, whatever. It was very cheap uh, in in the in the long run. We saved up. It was more expensive to fly there, and the local tour guide would take us to everything you wanted to see. I don't know what I wanted to see. Yeah. I don't know. If, did you ever go to Europe with like a let's go? Like that book that people. <laughs> no. I haven't done that, but I, did I you know go to, have you ever been to Europe? 
I've been to yeah, I've been to parts of Europe for sure, Italy, for Switzerland. Stand up or for uh, for tourism? I've I've been to Scotland and London for stand up. That's it. Okay, and then you went to Italy, uh, Italy, for France, and Italy, France, and Switzerland for tourism. Yeah. Okay, and so what? Uh, did you just did you do any sort of a tour, or did you use the books, or did you just look at a website? Obviously, which is what it would be now. I think I brought. I think I bought a book and brought it, and then didn't use it. You know. Okay. Did you do you think you got to see the things you were supposed to see? Um, with, with Italy, um, I think, you know, we just drove through and we looked for places with fun little wine places and fun little bread okay. and cheese places. And, uh, okay. we, we saw the ocean and, uh, we, we kind of just took it all in, um, without, but, but to answer your question, uh, just in, um, uh, Florence, a Firenze, as we say, uh, <laughs> Yes. I scheduled out a full two day of focused sightseeing in, in Florence and we did we right. hit it hard. We hit it hard. That was the only one where we hit all the spots. And and you and you looked it up and you did it. Because I didn't have a the first time I went, granted, wandering drunk through Europe in nineteen eighty nine. Uh I didn't have a book, but I stayed at youth hostels and every morning I'd wake up and people would be going somewhere and I was like, Where are you guys going? And they're like, well, we're going to go look at the David. And I was like, what's the David? And then I would just follow them and nice. uh, hang out with them. Uh, did that in Greece? Did it in Rome? <laughs> Got to see the Vatican? It was great. Uh, but I I would recommend um, these these tours where you get a local person. It employs someone local. Very nice. But you're on a bus and you do get a little bit of a hairy eyeball from like cool people who just go and know how to plan their own tours but with these tours you could also bail of a day and just go we're just going to wander by ourselves and not go to the planned fish oil factory which is what i did andy went to the fish oil factory i had no interest in going to a fish oil factory he said it was one of the most disgusting things he's ever seen uh so there was some draw there anyway but you have traveled internationally to see birds too right so yeah, I was just in Australia doing, a, doing and New Zealand doing a tour with Nate Bargatze, and wow. he did schedule a tour guide for almost every day. Oh, he's not wrong. There you and, go. And uh, and so I did do the full tour guiding in Australia recently, but I specifically requested bird watching day, and they found a bird guide outside of Melbourne. Okay. And uh, this Australian bird guy showed us forty-five different species in one fell swoop. <laughs> that added to your life list a lot very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was my life list was like 155 before I went to Australia. It really skyrocketed after Australia. Oh, that's cool. Did you get to see those tiny penguins on that island? <laughs> no, we didn't get to see them. <laughs> we, uh, Andy and I went outside. There's, I think it's called Phillips Island or uh-huh. St. Philip or Lord Philip or Jim Philip. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, but there are, and, I've talked about them weirdly enough a couple of times in the last several episodes um, because I did a show with uh, Will Anderson about Australian rules football. Oh, nice. But um, the, the, they're nesting penguins, but they're miniature. They're very tiny. And you go and you sit in these bleachers and they come in from the sea, walk past you and go nest. 
and then the bus the, wow. you have to take a bus and um yeah you get to see some tiny birds and you also get to kind of sit in the in the during sunset in the dark and um and you get to see some some tiny so you've done it. so you've done it you've done bird watching I've done a little bit of I've I've looked at a bird, uh, but what kind of birds did you get to see? Was it just was your bird day just in Melbourne? And did you where else did you go in Australia? And did you get to kind of just see birds? Well, he took us to the to the wetlands where there was a lot of water birds. Um, okay, but I'm a big fan of the little birds myself, the yeah. little tiny cute little birds. Um, so one of the ones that was exciting for both, and I actually got Nate pretty excited that's the most it's the most i've seen nate excited at a bird was the superb fairy wren it's just a cute little snuggly little bird <laughs> bor- borb of a bird the superb fairy wren was very exciting uh is it they're... colorful or is it just tiny and brown oh yeah it's uh, super colorful um i'm trying to think how to describe it um blue but... Does the blue. word blue come into mind? It's got, like a, <laughs> it's got like a silvery blue head patch and just a big pointy tail. Um, okay. But, yeah, a lot of honey eaters. I'd never seen any honey eaters, um, but a lot of honey eaters in Australia. Well, that's interesting because um, I'm sure the bees are irritated. And the favorite, though, <laughs> exactly, they're very irritated. The favorite, though, had to be the laughing kookaburra in New Zealand. Oh, there's you got a stuffed one. You got a plushy laughing kookaburra. Laughing kookaburra. Um, is it? Are they? I feel like uh, there were flocks of those in the Whit Sundays because um, we Andy and I went up to see um, the uh, Great Barrier Reef. He had not. He had not seen it, and I had seen it many decades ago, but uh, up in Cairns. But the we went to the Whit Sundays, and there were flocks of the. They laughed. They the way the noise uh-huh. they made was was that laugh from the Simpsons bully. Oh yeah! It was like ha ha, <laughs> and uh, it was amazing <laughs> and ridiculous. The kookaburra I saw actually was the kookaburra I saw was near the um, near the zoo. They're outside of the zoo, and they were. I guess there's different types of laughing cook of uh, different types of kookaburras, but this one would sure. be like. This one did a long, like, type thing that was uh, very fun. That is very fun. And what a new hobby, learning the noises that birds make. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bird, I mean, uh, bird, bird, uh, bird calls, it's a whole other form of bird watching. The, bird, the real bird experts will just hear a call and, and be like, oh, that's a, uh, yeah, that's an Australian oh, magpie. Right, right. And then they go and can they, if if you hear a bird and you're like, oh, that's that, and you ID that bird, then you know what to look for, kind of, right? That's been, yeah, that's been kind of a fun eye-opening part of it is listening to birds more because you can just yes. hear them throughout the day. You hear birds and I'm like, oh, I never would have, I never would have thought that that was the robin or that that was the cardinal, but now I recognize what, what I hear in the background. Well, that's amazing, quite honestly, because you, you, Birds 
yeah, they're constantly, you know what they're doing? They're chirping, yes. Joe Zimmerman. And so you're they just like, chirping. what the hell is <laughs> happening? Like during lockdown, I learned that there was a rooster in our neighborhood. That's what I learned because of the quiet. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, rooster. Who's got a rooster? And it's uh, funny to think that like, you're like, yeah, COVID hit and we got roosters. Right. Uh, it turns out the roosters were always there. They were in the background, quietly cock-a-doodle-doodling. And uh, so do zoo birds count in your life list? They do not. They do not. They do not. I meant the kookaburras were, were wild, but they were near the zoo. Uh, the, the, if you see a bird at a zoo, uh, it does. I don't I don't think that counts toward your life. You got to see it in the wild. Okay, that's yeah. that's the that's the jam. Did yeah. you get to see any birds in New Zealand? Did uh, did see some New Zealand birds? Uh, there, they got their own bird. Like New Zealand and Australia are two of the biggest bird spots in the world because they've been separated for the rest of the the continent's been separated from the rest of the world for so long. Right. Um, New Zealand had, I think it had. We saw uh, Willy Wagtails. We saw. Um, the old scaly-breasted lorikeet. Okay. Um, okay. What does saw, a scaly-breasted lorikeet look like? Does it? It it looks like, it like a, 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 a looks like a uh, it looks like a parakeet or a it looks okay. like a parrot a parrot that you would see. But um, let's see. We saw. Uh, oh, the tui was was the big New Zealand bird. The tui is very okay. popular in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. they're fun little. They look like they're related to crows, but they're more fun. And, Blue okay. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they it might have been Tuies we saw. No, probably not if you're in New Zealand. I've never been to New Zealand, but uh um what is so what is the largest bird you've ever seen? Oh, definitely was also on that Australian trip. It was called the Brolga, and the bird guide was very proud to show us a Brolga. Brolga. How do you spell that? B-R-O-L-G-A. I mean, he took us out to this island and set up his binoculars and just, boom, the biggest dinosaur-looking thing wow. that I How could big, have imagined. Like, was it like literally like three to five feet tall, or was it taller than five feet? Or I would say you tell? Uh, I would guess it was three and a half to – I would guess it was three and a half to four feet. That is, that's a giant bird. That's an incredibly <laughs> intimidating bird, Joe Zimmerman. <laughs> it's crazy how, it's crazy how many different shapes and sizes they come in. It's true. Would you, I mean, have you ever thought about going to like, to s- destination birding? Uh, oh yeah. I mean, definitely now that I'm sort of, now that I'm into it, like it, yeah. it makes, it makes Nature trips, it like adds a treasure hunt to your nature trips. True, true. Or or any trip. Like, uh, I bet you, like, we went to Angkor Wat, which I've always wanted to go to, which is uh, ruins in Cambodia that were used in uh, Tomb Raider, the video game. Yeah. Uh, Angkor Wat wasn't. A different uh, temple was. But they're probably thousand-year-old uh 600 to a thousand year old temples. The reason they look more dilapidated than like Roman ruins and Greek Romans ruins is because they are in the jungle. Like there are trees growing through these ruins Oh wow. and it's really, cool. really cool looking. Yeah. But 
I would I would posit that there's probably some amazing birds, Joe Zimmerman. Yes. Lurking around a jungle in Cambodia. Yeah. Uh, so You know what it is? It's exactly like Pokemon Go too. Oh yeah? Where you collect your different Pokemons all over the country. Right, right. That well, that probably Pokemon was probably based on birders, don't you think? Because you got to collect them all. I can only imagine what birds were lurking near you in Cambodia. Yeah, right. Because it would be, it would be amazing. I didn't see. I, I, you know, I, I know uh, Nate Bargatze, uh-huh. and uh, we went to Iraq together oh, uh, nice. in two thousand five, two thousand six whatever mm-hmm. 2004 that was right around the time uh the uh the uh ivory build woodpecker was rediscovered in arkansas really <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it I'm, was i was like <laughs> i was, literally right? uh i thought for, at first i thought you were gonna say that was right around the time there was some war there wasn't there <laughs> yes we were just there uh performing for the troops uh but the uh um did you perform in little tents or big tents uh, little tents. We we drove around in MRAVs into forward operating bases and stuff. Wow, it was terrifying. You're braver um, than I. You're braver than me. Well, we went with uh, with Scott, uh, who went every month for like three years, and so mm-hmm. he knew everybody, mm-hmm. and so I felt safer going with him. We were supposed to fly, and we didn't get to fly because it was um, there were um dust storms we went in july because that's when you want to go to iraq uh when it's closest to the sun and uh i like that you're like uh it'll be safe because we're with scott (laughs) i'm telling you scott went and i'm spacing scott's last name he eventually died sadly of alcoholism but uh because and i believe and this is uh just speculation on my part i believe he went to iraq every month because you weren't allowed to drink and so for two weeks, every year, every month, he didn't drink. Wow. And it didn't matter because the other two weeks when he came back, uh, he drank all the all the booze. That's and, quite uh, a way to, to, to force yourself away from alcohol is to be at war. Right. And he also, I think, he found soldiers very, very handsome. So, um, and it was, I think the, it was the don't tell time. Like you couldn't be gay, but you, if nobody asked. And so I think he also got some action. He's got lots of motives. He had motives. He had motives. I believe he had motives. Plus I think he was an army brat. And so he wanted to give back and that I probably should have led with that. You guys, instead of making him into uh, a mess of a human being. But here's the thing about Scott. He was alive and he was a good guy. And uh, and so he was a whole person, you guys. Speaking of being a whole person, I'm talking to Joe Zimmerman, who has a new comedy special out called Cult Classic on YouTube. It's family friendly, you guys. Um, do you do that on purpose? I only do it when I'm with Brian because there's a nine year old staring at me. Yeah, I think I did it for a while because of being with Brian. And then I did it from being with Nate on because he does clean shows. So I mostly just decided I wanted since since most of my material doesn't have to be dirty. Your I mean your stuff is just sort of smart and silly anyway. So yeah, so I just decided to make the whole special. Um, I guess I mean accessible. Cl- accessible. accessible. Yeah. There you go. 
Uh, it's uh, by the way, that doesn't mean it isn't really, really fucking funny. Allow True. me to swear. Uh, it's I'll swear for you, Joe Zimmerman, and I, tell you that it's genuinely hilarious. It's weird that I used to curse way more before comedy. And, right. <laughs> and people people think of comedy as so dirty, but the moment you swear on stage, you're labeled as being dirty. Right. Somebody actually said to me, I didn't know you worked blue at all. And I was like, I don't, I have a weird married sex joke. Is that what you're talking about? They're like, no, no, you swear. And I'm like, oh, I only swear when I don't have the punchlines completely worked out. Exactly. Uh, that's when I swear. It's because uh, I'm looking for a word and I can't find it and it's frustrating. And so I swear uh, because I, I am alive. Yeah. I relate to that. Nothing, nothing to, did you ever, we had a pet parakeet when I was a kid. Did you ever oh, wow. have birds? Have you ever thought about getting birds as a pet? They're dirty, by the way, and kind of gross. Well, my parakeets are the birds that have taken off around Astoria. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I've never had a pet bird. Um, I Do you want, think you'd want one? I think I'm more of a dog or a cat person. Okay. <laughs> right. And you live in New York City, so uh, you probably don't have room for like a, right. a real pet situation. Though Todd Berry has a cat, and we know that. We do know that. Yeah. It's it's weird how I like watching birds, but I wouldn't want a pet. Yeah, pet bird. I feel like people that keep pet birds and bird watchers are two very separate things. Even It though does they, feel different. Yeah. Even though they seem like they should be close, I feel like those people do not associate with each other. <laughs> right. Something like the caged bird sings or something. Like, I think that birders might be slightly judgmental, and I think that people who own birds do it for different reasons, right? I don't... Yeah, because yeah, birds are super... I mean, they can be very smart, right? Are there mm -hmm. dumb birds? They can all fly. It's amazing. Or, you know, so even, the, even the dodo bird, famous for being dumb, recent headline, dodo bird, smarter than previously thought. <laughs> yeah. The dodo, bird was, the dodo bird was a smart bird. It just lived on an island with no predators. So it was super friendly. Right. And then the Dutch killed the last one. And then we and, realized what extinction was. And they, the, the Dutch found them to be delicious and stupid because they kept coming up to them trying to give them hugs. Yeah. And uh, they just the Dutch took advantage of these friendly dodos. What a, what, right. a, what a tragedy. It was a bit of a tragedy. And they didn't really realize that once they <laughs> killed the last dodo bird, that they couldn't make more dodo birds. <laughs> it was the way we found out about extinction, oddly enough. Uh, uh, that yeah, was the first fam known first known one. Right, that was the and the first one that was sort of documented, written about in periodicals, sent back to all the major cities of Europe going, "Hey guys, uh, it turns <laughs> out when you kill the last of a thing, God's not just going to go poo. There's another one, a couple more. Uh that's why the ark is such a great story. People love that story." So, we should that'd be a fun That'd be a fun sketch is the, the guy that, that literally ate the last dodo bird. It would be tragic. This is I'm slightly worried about the triggering that's happening among rangers of the Dork Forest right now. You guys sad? I'm so sorry. Um let's let's change quick topic. You told me that this was a golden age of the renaming of birds. Speaking oh, of yeah. things that are kind of sad and kind of weird. Yeah. What what's happening? Well, 
Well, a very strange thing about getting into birding is birding to me felt like such an innocent, feels like such an innocent, naturey, safe space. Right. And the more I learn, the more there's controversy all throughout. Um, all throughout. There's all sorts of controversy within birding. Um, different cliques. Um, for example, uh, there's a group. There's a group that does bird calls to attract okay. to attract birds close to them. And okay. then there's a whole separate group of purists that say that's wrong and bad to do bird calls. Oh, like you're tricking the birds. And yes. you should go find the birds in their natural habitat. How do they feel about tramping down the grasses while they uh, go to find these birds? Exactly. I mean, but these two segments will really give each other some i mean they'll they'll duke it out they'll, they'll, okay. they want they want they want to see birds but they want blood from each other you know what i'm saying okay well All right. there's many controversies i joined the audubon society only to learn that the audubon society was named after john james audubon who is a very problematic figure in history he's a taxidermist was, right and he was anti-abolitionist Oh, oh! You mean just as a person, as a yeah. man walking and, around? He was pro-slavery, and so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're reach. So now various Audubon societies are changing their names across the country. Oh, interesting. They're but, like, okay. But but aside from that, um, as of this year, they they decided there there's about ten birds that are named after problematic guys in the 1800s. Oh, really? Wilson Snipe, uh, Townsend's, uh, there's the Townsend Warbler, Swainson Hawk. What's a Wilson Uh, Snipe? What uh, kind of bird is it? And who was the guy? You got anything? Well, McCown, McCown, I know that McCown was a Confederate general. Wait, uh, what uh, what bird was that? What bird is that? Uh, McCown's Longspur. A Macowan longspur mm-hmm. is the bird. Yeah. A thick-billed longspur, not to be mistaken for the Macowan, uh, formerly known as Macowan's longspur, yeah. is now called the thick-billed longspur. Yes. Well, that, that's a look at the gravitas of this bird. That's a sweet-looking bird. Let me see. That's here. a good-looking bird right there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So. And then there was another one. I, 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 I forget. I think Townsend, one of these guys dug up Native American skulls from graves. And oh, once sure. you do that, that's once you do that, that's all people are going to remember about you. Yeah. Except for not when you get a bird named after you, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Name so, change. Um, but here's so I, I do wish yeah. to uh, recognize uh, the thick billed longspur was named for the McCowan's longspur before a name change to avoid recognizing historical figures with ties to slavery, racism, and colonialism. The uh-huh. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Indigenous people in the Seminole Wars uh, to the thick bill longspur. Um, the response to growing, they renamed, that's not enough. Why was renamed? Oh, he was a Confederate Confederate Army general called John P. McCown. Yeah. Um, and but why did he get it named after him in the first place? Was he? I think I a lot of these people. America. A lot of these people were the first to quote unquote discover slash identify the bird. 
Right, sort of Columbus Day kind of uh, yeah. kind of thing. Uh, Lewis okay. is not Lewis's Nutcracker, named after Lewis and Clark. Yeah, CS. Well, apparently not CS he, Lewis. Yeah. apparently he's uh, had some problematic stuff with Native Americans. So uh, well, and as he marched across to the sea, he yeah. might have he might have had some problematic issues. So um, they decided they decided instead of just changing the nine racist birds. They were going to have to change all 80 North American birds named after people. Oh, interesting. Even like someone who is decent, right? Even There's a Frederick Douglass bird, but no, he doesn't get that bird. Uh, even the, even the, the, the upstanding people birds are getting the names changed just because they didn't want to have to audit every single human's life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. And the birds, when you think about it, the birds aren't necessarily discovered by those people. Exactly. They were just, and didn't James Audubon, wasn't he a big fan of, wasn't he also an artist and a big fan of taxidermy? I don't know. I just know that there's another bird called the Audubon Shearwater that is no longer going to be called the Audubon Shearwater. But I just always thought of Audubon as this sweet guy that helped birds. And then turns out he's a slave. Right, right. Right. And, and it's, it's, there's the, and and it's so funny that people are like, well, you're, you, uh, if you take down the statues, you're, you're not acknowledging history. And I was like, well, put them in a museum. And, uh, I don't yeah. necessarily, because statues are weird anyway. I don't know. I mean, sculptures of people can be very beautiful. Uh -huh. But like, if you ever go to the Natural History Museum in New York City, in Manhattan, uh -huh. there is, I think it's the Natural History. Is that the one that's on the Upper West Side? Uh, there is. Of, yeah. Okay. So Teddy Roosevelt is on a horse. And uh -huh. if you are on a horse and you are a military person and you saw battle, the horse's legs are raised. Yeah. It's, uh, and if, the, if you never saw battle, all four of the horse's legs are on the ground. Oh, for every single statue. Yeah, that was wow. it's a it's a it's a military horse statue thing. And um so but for some reason I think it's and I believe it to be Teddy Roosevelt. There's two black clearly African ancestored like it would have been where 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 was he? Was he in Puerto Rico? Was he in Haiti? Where where was the Cuba? Where was the the war that he made up so that he could go fight a battle? I forget what his jam was. All um, I know about Teddy Roosevelt is he was credited for the quote um, comparison as the thief of joy. I don't know any, much else about. That's it. what you know about Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, this is a real clock eater, Rangers. People are yelling, Jackie, I know the war that he was in. And I know that you guys know that. The rough Spanish-American War. So, okay. But here's the thing about the Spanish-American War. It was the San Juan Hill, which is in Puerto Rico. There we go. Nice. So, nice work. There we go. So um, for some reason, you know, because Puerto Rico had a lot of sugar plantations. And the colonialism of Puerto Rico was sugar plantations and slave labor. And so there are two clearly African slaves looking up adoringly on this statue of Teddy Roosevelt in front of the Natural History Museum. 
And Teddy Roosevelt did a lot of things that were great. Like he was a, he, Tammany Hall and he broke up, um, he came from privilege, but he, cr- he helped create the national park system. He, uh, he broke d- uh, down a lot of monopolies. He was antitrust and he was also a guy with an enormous ego and really wanted to be beloved yeah. by, uh, people who he didn't. And, and he loved the idea of war. I guess he's, <laughs> he is the quote that I know of Teddy Roosevelt was that he was walking among the dead at San Juan Hill talking about how war was so much more fun than hunting. Are you serious? So, yes. Which of course makes him a psychopath. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but there were other things he did that, and here's the great thing about Teddy Roosevelt dead now. Yeah. yeah. So when, when Bill Cosby dies, I am going to listen to the Noah bit and I'm going to laugh and laugh and laugh. But until then, uh, we're going to let that go. I'm not going to. Yeah. And it's probably good they're changing the, the bird name, Cosby's Nightjar. It's probably good they're changing that one. <laughs> this is what happens, Joe Zimmerman, on the Dork Forest. Jackie Cation will weed off on you. And I just referred to myself in the third person. Um, we have... About six minutes left. If you want uh, people go to see cult classic and, uh, and see Joe Zimmerman. Nate Bargatze is also very, very funny, but you probably already know that because he's, uh, he's quite popular. Um, what and would then, you like And there's to about five minutes of bird material on cult classic. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. Very exciting. Is it stories of seeing birds? Is it opinions about different birds? Like, do you call out dumb-looking birds? Are you naming names? What's happening? Uh, one of the bits is about how PETA is changing, trying to change. PETA, we love PETA. I like what they're doing. They're trying to change. Uh, they the, seem intense to me, but okay. They're trying yeah. to change. I mean, somebody's somebody's defending these animals, you know, it's, and they, right. they don't. They don't, they, sometimes they get a reputation for going a little over the top, but they're, they're fighting their fight. Um, and they want to change, um, any figure of speech with animal violence in it. So they want to change, um, feed two birds. They want to change, kill two birds with one stone. Oh, wow. To, uh, and they've suggested we change it to feed two birds with one scone. Scone. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What about, uh, what about the heart problems when a bird eats a scone? Anybody care about their sugar intake? The diabetic birds? So, yeah. yeah. So I, I sort of point out that most birds are gluten intolerant. So you could, <laughs> you know, you could feed two birds with one scone and actually kill two birds with one scone. And, uh, <laughs> and so I kind of go down that, that road with the bit, but, uh, but, but I don't get into all the other, phrases that PETA wants to change. They want to change beat a dead horse into feed a fed horse. Oh, interesting. Uh, oh, they want to change uh, take a bull by the horns to take a rose by the thorns. Wow. Wait which a minute. Make, that, which doesn't that, make that doesn't, sense. No, no, nobody wants to do that. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> taking a bull by the thorns is very different than taking a rose right. by the thorns. Right. And I think they're taking the bull by the horns to brand it, which I would see why Peter would not want yeah. that uh, to be. Um, but if you, if you take a rose by the thorns, you just have a bleeding hand. 
Right, right. You've chosen incorrectly. That's not how you pick up a rose. Uh, you got to pick up a rose around the thorn. Think, think before you pick up a rose, folks. Um, but I also yeah. get into. But another thing I get into is how I learned about the life list with birds and how yeah. I, I met a professional bird watcher. And I, one of the first guys I met, I said, that sounds like a fun job. And he told me there's a lot of egos in bird watching. Interesting. And that's when he told me about the life list and guys will brag about how many birds they've identified in their career. Wow. The, the weird thing about birders and um, there was a book I read um, in, it was written before 9-11 and uh, it was given to me by my father-in-law and it was about a guy who won the national saw the most birds in a year contest. Oh, nice. Cause that's a real contest. And before nine 11, you could, it must've been written right after nine 11 because it was about how he won before nine 11 and you could just, you would hear on the internet in 2000 or 1999 um, that an incredibly rare bird was, was flying around Alaska mm-hmm. and he lived in Washington state. And so he was like, he would literally get on an airplane. He'd spend four. He's, he said he maxed out his credit cards that year wow. and spent something like $65,000 oh on airfares to win this bird, the most birds of the year. And I wish I could remember the name of the book. Because Clyde gave it to me, Andy's dad, and it was fascinating, and it made me respect birders, quite honestly, because the purpose of a, of from what I can tell from a bird's eye view, it, ooh, does nice. Peter want to get rid of that one? Um, the uh, a, I think that's peaceful enough. Right, right. A, a drone's eye view, less peaceful. Mm. So, um, but the bird's eye view of birders seems to be. Like you said, when when you go to uh, what is it, ebird.com, mm-hmm. ebird.org, um, you're helping people track the migration of birds, and they don't want to interrupt. They, they don't want to screw with the birds. They just want right. to go look at a bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, no, no, we don't have to talk. I just, it's it's like sort of going to see a concert. I don't want backstage passes. I just want to see the band. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of cool that that that's a real I think it's a it's it's a as far as hobbies go that that involve another other species that don't really have a say in it, right? As mm-hmm. opposed to you know dog breeding or horseback riding or other animal sports, right? Where I want to swim with dolphins or you know this those all feel more interactive. Yeah. Than birds. Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, another another way to. Yeah, it's a little bit like hunting, but you don't have to kill it. Right. Uh, right, right. Because you can look just take a picture. You look at it through the binoculars. Uh, and do but, people lie? I I think I remember people lying about what birds they've seen. Well, that's the funny thing is, there's no. I mean, there's no real point of having these. Content. There's no point of real point of being competitive with how many birds you've seen because anybody could just make up how many birds they've seen. Right. 
right? Right. So, it's really it's like cheating at solitaire. It doesn't really. Yeah. Um, so there's there's probably somebody out there that's claiming to have seen ten thousand seven hundred birds that has really only seen three thousand four hundred birds. <laughs> right. Those bastards. Um, um, but yeah. I I would the other thing I would compare it to you just reminded me of something with dog breeds is. Another thing, the one other thing I like about bird watching in Central Park is the thing that I find exciting is we're all familiar with the local birds, right? There's local birds that are year sure. year round. But okay. what's exciting is in the spring and the fall, waves of different bird species will migrate through and they'll be here for just three days, the whole right. species. Oh, right. And so if you if you hang out in Central Park for all of spring. You'll be like one day, like the first, uh, you know, yellow-throated warbler will arrive, and then the next day there'll be a hundred yellow-throated warblers, and then a thousand, and then they're all gone. Oh wow! So, so yeah, it's, it's it's almost like the spring is what's exciting because they're in full color and they're yeah. passing through, and you have like three or four days to see each one. And then they're gone till fall. Uh, and it'd be a little bit like, I think it'd be a little bit like if you were a dog person and there were like eight do local dogs. Yeah. But then, but then you learn like for three days, you could maybe see a dachshund. Right. And maybe, <laughs> right. Just some weird wolfhound was coming through town. Yeah. And yeah. And you just I have one chance. Packs. Yeah, yeah. One chance a year. So I think that's, that's another amazing. fun part is the migrating, the migrating so, aspect. And the other way is that in autumn, when they're sort of heading back to wherever or wherever they're, you know, they migrate in the opposite direction, whatever it yeah, is, right? Exactly. And are they different birds or are they the same birds coming back, playing well, through, playing through? I think, I believe there's more, um, I'm, I'm spacing, but I believe there's more okay. young birds in the fall. I believe there's more. Birds oh, that have been right, the baby birds. Yeah. That are the teenage birds. Yeah. That so, have just learned to fly. Yeah. And and the fall is kind of funny because a lot of the birds don't have all their colors, so it's a lot harder to know what you're looking at in the fall. Oh, right, right. So really the the, the real experts thrive in the fall. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Joe, it is uh, been an hour, just so you know. Uh, it's amazing. We've talked about birds for most of this hour. I weeded off a couple of times. It'll happen. Um, I hope you had a good time. What do you call it? Weed it, weed it off? I weed off. Sort of like, you know, how dandelions just sort of they oh, start oh, one yeah. place and then all of yeah. a sudden they're like also in other parts of the yard. Yeah. Anyway, Rangers, no. you're going to want to go listen and watch. Uh, the album comes out next month, but the, the, the special's already on YouTube. Nate Bargatze directed it. It's called Cult Classic. Joe Zimmerman. It's at Joe Zimmerman on Instagram. Zimmerman is spelled like you would spell Zimmerman. And Joe is spelled like you would spell Joe. Exactly. So these these are common these are common names. He has also two other albums that you can listen to probably on all the things. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for doing the show, Joe. This is super fun. Thank you for having me back. It's an honor. Yes. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Hi, Adal. How was the show? Well, it was really fun. Uh, do you, I remember Joe Zimmerman. You met him a couple yeah. of comic from I New York. So. Yeah, yeah, he's originally from Atlanta. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Regan mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. that New Year's Eve. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, funny guy. Very funny guy. Has very a new, nice. 
yes, has a new special out called Cult Classic that Nate Bargatze, who I went to Iraq with, mm-hmm. uh, directed. And he's doing sort of a, a – and it's super clean, so it's family-friendly. But Joe Zimmerman, of course – He's just not that dirty. He's just not dirty. He's, right, like, right. Much he's, like myself, I'm occasionally dirty, and I swear sometimes when I don't have punchlines. <laughs> right? No, no. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. It's what, if I'm looking for the punchline, that's when I mostly swear. Right, right, right. Um, and certainly when I'm recording an album or a special, or uh, someone has told me not to swear, that is right, right. The attainable goal, my friends. You, you also cover some adult topics, even when you don't swear. I think everybody does. Yeah, I think everybody that's probably does. True. Yeah, just because I think stand-up is an adult sport. But right. uh, he's very silly and smart, and I, I like his stand-up a great deal. So, But Joe Zimmerman is a birder, a bird uh, dork, and new to it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So that's the he, best That's the best time, because when they're they're new to it, they're very exciting, excited about it, right? Right, and they're, and they're, not, uh, they're not quite as competitive. <laughs> They're they're able to remember that book that we read that I can't remember the name of that your dad yes. gave us, uh, where the guy traveled around the country or the world. Yeah, pre nine eleven, it was written post nine eleven, but he talked right. about the year he won. I saw the most birds in a year. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, there's like yeah. some sort of competition to see the most birds. He goes and the most to, continents, and you travel around and look at and go to all these like heavy bird places so you can see the most birds in the in the single spot. It turns out Central Park is one of the the best places in the country, if not the best place in the country for migrating birds. Oh, okay, and, right, and that's well, so. I guess that makes sense. It does make sense. And he said, uh, any given morning, especially in spring and fall, you'll show up, and there'll be like a hundred people there. Birders, well, right, photographers, because, flower people. Right, right, right. Because because New York is a big city with lots yeah. and lots of people in it. Right. So there's a, at least a hundred people any any given sunrise who wanna who wanna see the birds. And he said the first day it'll be like three days of a migration. The first day you'll see one. The mm. next day you'll see hundreds. And the third day you'll see thousands. And the fourth day none. <laughs> Absolutely oh, right. not. Right, right. So if you missed it. Yeah. If you don't if you don't get it in get in on that one of those two one of those three days, you've utterly missed it. Right until next year. He said there's eleven thousand different species of bird in the world. Okay. And that doesn't uh, surprise me. And eight hundred or nine hundred in the United States, and he's seen like two hundred and thirty. And he added like fifty because he went to Australia with Nate Bargatze and opened for him. And he did a birder day outside of Melbourne, but they didn't get to see the tiny penguins. Remember the tiny penguins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, on, the the fairy penguins. Yeah, on, uh, they were just Phillip, a day. They were just an, an evening drive out of uh, out right. of Melbourne. Yeah. So and do they count he, as birds? I don't know because they're flightless. He didn't say they, they weren't birds. They must. The, what, the funniest thing he said was, I said, I said, because I don't know it. I mean, I know what a robin looks like. I know what a cardinal looks like, because those are the state birds of Wisconsin and Illinois. And a bluebird, probably. And probably a bluebird. But And I said, and a hummingbird. And he goes, and he laughed and laughed. And he goes, what kind of hummingbird? And I was like, there's more than one kind of hummingbird. It turns out there is. There's a lot of different kinds of hummingbirds. True. And so he. I don't know about uh, a lot, but at least three or four, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. He said that they, they're changing 80 names of birds. Yes. 
because some of them and Audubon societies around the country are changing their names as well. Because James Audubon was an uh, uh, was a slave owner, and I oh, knew that I he was a. I also heard that he was a big uh, taxidermist, which is why I thought they did it initially. And he was like, no, no, he was a slave <laughs> taxidermy owner. Taxidermy is still okay. <laughs> Nobody's being canceled for taxidermy. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. Let me see if nobody. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> it could happen. We don't know. Anyway. So, and, and I asked him if birds in the zoo counted. And he said, to his knowledge, birds in the zoo do not count. As seeing a bird, you got to some people oh, right. appear yeah, and they want to see in the wild. Yep. Anyway, it was a great episode. That's and, awesome. That sounds third, great. It sounds like he's having a great deal of fun. Yeah, he really is. And that's one of the things I like about Joe Zimmerman as well. So go to it's a YouTube. It's out right now. It's free. Ooh, it's okay. uh, called Cult Classic. And he, he's going to have an album of the, of the same name out January of 24. So. All right. And uh, I love you. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?